where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Today I'm joined by a New England native. He plays both kickboxing and dodgeball at a competitive level. He's a comic book collector who knows his fair share of little-known facts about movies and TV. It's an actual bartender from Actual Cheers. It's Jeff Poirier. How are you, Jeff? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Dealing with the, with the summer here in UK. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, you work at Cheers as a bartender. Bartender and bar manager, yeah. Very nice. How long have you uh, been there? How long have you been working at Cheers? 17 years. My 17th summer of the company. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. I bet you've got your fair share of norms walking up as soon as they walk in the door. You're like, ah, it's this yeah. guy. He, Twice. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. The bar in the show, of course, was inspired by the Bull and Finch, which eventually became uh, Cheers Boston. What do you think stood out about the Bull and Finch that made it the bar that would inspire the show? Why did the writers or producers pick this one in particular? It really actually comes down to another TV show, Taxi. You prefer Taxi? Yeah. yeah. So the writers of Taxi were Glennless Charles, who are brothers, and James Burrow, the writing partner. They're upset they didn't have creative control over the show they were writing for Taxi. And they said, you know what? We're going to make our own production company. We're going to make our own show. And since the two of them were brothers... They're on vacation one summer. It's either very late 70s, very early 80s with their wives up in Maine. And they said it'd take a couple of days to drive down from Maine, which is just, just north of Boston by like an hour to the border. I'm not exactly sure where Maine they were. Maine's huge. But they drive inside down for a weekend and they took a page out of the phone book. They hit up like 10 or 12 bars and they came to cheers. They loved the idea of coming down the stairs, opening the door, seeing the bar. And the bartender that day was a guy named Eddie Doyle, and he sold them on our location. It's perfect because it's right by the state house. It's right by five different colleges. There's two major neighborhoods that sits right between. So it's a great area where everyone came together uh, to meet up. So it wasn't like a sports bar. It wasn't just a singles bar. It wasn't just a politician bar. It wasn't a college kid bar. It was everyone in that area all came there to meet up. So it's kind of like a good microcosm. It's a, a perfect storm of a bar in some exactly. ways. Yeah. Look at where we are now. It's became the, one of the most famous bars in the world, definitely in terms of, of pop culture, for sure. Right. What do you think the most iconic part of the bar is? Within the show, there's a lot of aspects that they've got on the walls and, you know, the niche little props and Tecumseh. And- I think it's just, uh, from the bartender's perspective, if you're working the down our downstairs bar, um, that's what was the inspiration for the show. It's literally I can see the steps through a window, you know, a stained glass window. I can see people coming down, so I know when someone's coming in. This time of year, it's constant flow, so it's like always coming in. But even when it's slower times, you know, you know someone's coming and see them coming down the stairs. The door opens up, and then I see them coming in. So it's like for me, that kind of represents what the show is about because everyone got to be around the bar and then they see their friend or something new come in and it goes from there. I really think that's really what sold the show. Yeah. Everyone got to make their own entrance of sorts, I guess, because, because they, uh, as you say, you saw their feet coming down and there was a level of excitement. Whereas in a lot of bars, you're just like, Oh yeah, they've arrived, you know, whatever, you know, okay. 
I've got an announcement to podcast listeners. I'll be heading to Boston uh, next week for Labor Day weekend. I'll be there in Boston for a first-time visitor such as myself. What are the things you'd recommend visiting? Well, if you're here between the 1st and the 4th, the Sox are home. I highly recommend going to a Red Sox game if you can get tickets. Yeah. Um, even though they really stink right now. So going to Fenway Park is an experience on its own. It's one of the oldest parks in the country. Uh, they've been putting a lot of time in the last few years really upgrading it to make it more of a current-level park, but it still has a lot of that old charm. Um, and if you even can't get in for a game, at least do the tour. The tour is great because it really shows how one of the previous owners really took the time to turn base, baseball into a business. He really made it into America's pastime. So like, he's like, well, why people could sit on, like if you've heard of the green monster or big green wall, people just sit on the hill and watch the games for free. And so you don't want people to watch the game. So he built this big wall to block their view. And it's just really, the tour is really uh, educational from that point. You can really learn about why baseball is a business versus just a sport. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely something I'm interested in because since we don't have baseball as as much in the right. UK, uh, I try to keep up with the season I standings. Uh, and yeah, uh, with the Cheers affiliation, obviously rooting for Red Sox. But yeah, I've heard of some of the games this year and I'm like, oi. <laughs> yeah. But I am going to see them uh, play the Rangers while I'm in Boston on the Sunday, which should be pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Other good things to do is a duck boat tour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just don't go to a big lunch with lots of drinks beforehand because there's no bathrooms on on the boat. Ah, yeah. <laughs> See, they- I might have run into that problem where you hit the water and all of a sudden I'm like, do I jump out of the boat and swim to shore to find a bathroom or do I try to hold it? So I highly recommend you do it first thing in the morning. Strategic. Yeah. Be right. strategic. <laughs> a little dehydrated. <laughs> you said that uh, Cheers gets very busy this time of yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that because of people coming to Boston? Is this the best time for, that people think is the best time to come to Boston? It's a couple of things working together. It's uh, schools are out depending what part of the country you're in. Like New England, we're done from school. Like kids are out of school from mid June right up to Labor Day. Other parts of the country, you're done May and they go back in August. So this time of year, there's people coming in with their families, everyone's traveling. Uh, Red Sox, any day of the Red Sox game, it's going to be, we're busy up until an hour before the game starts and all of a sudden, everyone goes off to the <laughs> game. It's like, yeah. it's like Cinderella losing her shoes, like, <laughs> got to go to the Red Sox game. Cruise ship season's coming back now that COVID's over, so cruise ship, anytime there's cruise ships in town, it's almost like The Walking Dead, millions of people moving slowly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the summertime, just everyone's out and about enjoying the city because a lot of people are on vacation. Yeah. No, it's understandable. I think we're going on a on a one of the cruises as well, just around the around the harbors. Uh, we haven't decided which one yet. We saw there was one which uh, we saw there was one which had rum uh, <laughs> just served, and we went, "Ooh, ooh, maybe." But now that you said the bathroom thing, it's uh, <laughs> it's a bit dubious about it. It would explain why the ratings are either one star or five star. Exactly. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to recreate moments from the show? in the bar nothing super specific you kind of mentioned earlier with the shouting norm uh you know you get one table right next to the door and they're all excited and raring to go and then you know they start like they'll do it once and they think it's funny and then for the next hour while they sit there every time that door opens which could happen like every 30 seconds to every other minute they're shouting norm over and over again so like that's the main thing that gets really done a lot 
Is it? So is it like in Wayne's World where they put up the sign saying "No Stairway to Heaven"? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah. Do you have a favorite character from Cheers? I never like to pick an ultimate favorite. Same thing like as your favorite movie or favorite TV show. I like this one, this reason, and that one, that reason. Um, Cliff is always great because he's a brainy know-it-all who doesn't really know what he's talking about at all. So, like everything he says, like, it's like it's almost like an ounce of truth with it, but it's really just wrong. And that's always just fun to watch. George Wynn, who played Norm, we have the same birthday, so I was like, "Oh, that's kind of fun." Uh, and then, but I always like Lilith just because she's so dry and sarcastic and. Like, she just zings right to the point. I always enjoy that. But Carla's also great, too, because she's just mean and get away with it. And her stuff is hilarious. Yeah, it doesn't take anybody's nonsense. Does exactly. Come. We're not saying anything nice. Say about Diane, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. In a similar vein, are there any favorite moments? You said it's difficult to recreate them. But but there's a lot of uh, classic moments in Cheers. It's, 11, you know, an 11-season show. It's going to have some uh, well-known Points. My favorite moment from when I was like a kid, whoever watching it, I must have been maybe fourth grade, fifth grade. Uh, episode season eight is with uh, Lilith was on a talk show with Ted Danson, and they're talking about like women being attracted to bad guys or good guys. And she all of a sudden she has all her sexual repression and she attacks Sam across the stage. And Fraser Gall put out about it. And he's sitting around the bar later, he's like, I can be bad, I can do bad things. And he grabs a pair of scissors. And runs around the bar, <laughs> like running with the scissors. Like, I'm running with scissors in my hands. I'm bad. And I don't know, maybe because I was nine or 10 at the time, I thought, this is absolutely hilarious. So I actually got the joke. <laughs> it's more of like, 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 went over my head a couple years before. But I was just like, I always remember that with fondness. And yeah. also the Kelly song. Who doesn't like the Kelly song? Oh, it's a great, great song. Not too long ago, the Euros won, European football competitions. Yeah. Um, the women, English women team, got to. The final, right. and this girl with the surname Kelly scored the winning goal. So I was just sending that song to everyone I knew. <laughs> like, we don't get it. They all get it. Some of them, they're like, ah. Oh. And others, like, why does Woody Harrelson have hair? Like, <laughs> I think for later series, I don't think it was a, pretty much a wig at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. Him and uh, Ted Danson, <laughs> both, you know. Oh, yeah. Have there been any Cheers cast or crew who have dropped by uh, Cheers Boston? In the last few years, it's not as common. I remember when Chrissy Alley was on uh, Dancing with the Stars. I'm going probably back 10 years. She popped in. But we weren't even open yet, but she came in in the morning time. I had I was working the night, so I didn't cross paths with her. Uh, George Went was back, I want to say, about eight years ago. Uh, if you want, yeah, Top Chef. Yeah. Yeah. So they filmed in Boston one season. They did one of their quick fires at Cheers. So he was the guest judge for that. Um, they, so they, they shot that at Cheers. And that was kind of fun. We did that. It took a whole day of filming. I know Real Proman came in around the same time, but she came in almost incognito. She does nothing like Carla. Her hair is back. And she's like the nicest, sweetest woman in the world and she doesn't really want any attention called herself so soon someone recognized her at one point so she kind of like walked over it's like here's my bill sorry i'm gonna get out of here because you know she didn't want to be like the center of attention that day uh she paid her bill with like i think 100 percent tip and walked out but one of the recurring characters remember tom bapson the lawyer yeah lawyer yeah, tom, so yeah. he was like the kind of the guy that cliff got to make fun of because he was just a terrible couldn't pass the bar that was his yeah, yeah that was his loser moment 
Uh, he actually lived up the street oh, from yeah. Cheers, up in Beacon Hill. And uh, he had been retired from acting. Uh, he moved back to New England, where he was from, taught at Emerson, acting Emerson, and BU, I think. He was also the girls' hockey coach. Uh, so after he retired from that, his, he had a younger wife, and she was a full-time lawyer. She was the breadwinner at that point, and his son was in middle school. And his, they dropped off. His middle school dropped off the kids in front of Cheers every day. So instead, of, he'd come down, and he would sign autographs for charity. He did that for about four or five years. And like so when you come in, if you come in, we have our downstairs bar, which the show is based on. And on the first floor, we have a, repl- a replica of the Cheers bar, not to scale. There's a square bar up there. Uh, and so they had like, you know, Frazier, Norm, Cliff, and Carla have nameplates. And since we raised so much money for our charity, Chills for Children, uh, the owner gave his own nameplate on the on the bar there. Oh, wow. That, that is a heartwarming story. I didn't know that story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's heartwarming. I really like that. He came in for like for four or five years, came in every day. I could tell you Tom Babson stories for hours. I don't want to take up your whole entire podcast on that. But he was a really nice guy. He did. So he was just a real character. No, I'll be happy to hear hear more of them. Don't have a specific question in regards to them, but that that one itself was very, very wholesome, very lovely. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, I was expecting. Yeah, George Went came in, drank all our beer. <laughs> well, I have a drunk. Well, the day I met George Went was actually right first started at Cheers, and wasn't even at Cheers. Uh, another brother in intermission, and uh, we're actually having going going away bar crawl from one of our other guys we worked with, and he was in town uh, doing Twelve Angry Men in the theater district. And all of a sudden, there's twenty people from Cheers come in. <laughs> and there's George went at the bar and was like, you got, you know, picked out in two seconds and they're we're all from Cheers. And he was like, ah, get out of my way. <laughs> he had a few beers in him at that time. So like, <laughs> if he just wanted to get out of there, but he just shook my hand. So it was a nice guy. I was like, hey, we're the same birthday. We're good Cheers. Having worked in Cheers in the present day, uh, do you think there could ever be a revival or return of the series? And what do you think it would look like? You know, that's kind of, you think about it because they've been doing that recently, you know, uh, it's, it's been done well. Like I feel like if you look at the Full House version, where like the the older guys, they're only their guest appearances and focus on the girls and their kids, and that kind of worked because it wasn't like this doing the same thing over again. You could possibly do that with Cheers because if you think about the Cassis, they're all kind of old right now. Willie Harrelson being the youngest at sixty one, and Ted Danson being the oldest at seventy five. Uh, it might be kind of tough to have you know the same replicate the same exact magic. And I think like, you know, also the cast, the whole cast has to do it and they have to want to do it. I feel like, you know, the last season that Will and Grace, they did, you know, the, the, they were in fighting and it just didn't, didn't feel, it didn't feel the same. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind it, you know, some of the jokes, like, you know, the, the misogyny by, you know, Ted Danson or not Ted Danson, but Sam Malone, like some of that stuff have to be like, kind of like redone or, you know, but it would be fun to do if it could be done right. Yeah, I'd agree. One thing, uh, one thing we talked about on, well, I don't think it's we've talked about it on air in the podcast before. But one thing we've hypothesized is because it's always sunny in Philadelphia, the right. sitcom is also set in a bar in New England. Right. If there was a New England bar contest, if they had one episode, you just see old Ted Danson there shaking him right. up. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did the same thing with Good Place too. And yeah, like, you watch a Good Place at all. Yeah, with the where he's in, uh, yeah, I forgot which season it was season two premiere or something. <laughs> they just pin behind the barn, immediately putting the uh, the bar cloth over his shoulder and right, exactly. put it back into it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I saw that episode when it aired, and I was like, well played. <laughs> um, there was an interview with um, Mike Schur, Mike Skur, 
the, the writer of the good place and he was like yeah i, I just wanted ted dance to be behind the bar again after 30 years <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's the only reason exactly. mike skur though had such a desire for for ted dance to be behind the bar because it's such a iconic uh, character and role right many sitcoms stop having a cultural impact after they finished why do you think the legacy and love for cheers continues as strongly as it does well i think about cheers when it first came out it was the early 80s um and i was only a very little kid at that time but you know learning researching all this stuff you really ever saw a bar in a sitcom regularly let alone be the set uh, i think archie bunker's place will only play other bar that did it before that or show it about a bar now i think it lasts like a season or two uh because you ever watched sitcoms from the 1670s there were people in the bar it was always kind of sleazy they're always dirty it was just for a specific scene whereas you know cheer showed america that yeah, people go off to work, have drinks, they have friends there. It's like, and everyone's like, I have friends and I go to a bar too. It's like, you know, they, they took the shame away of hanging out at a bar and they made a place where you could relate to people because you did have the Cliff who was, you know, the know-it-all and you had Diane who's a insufferable know-it-all, or not know-it-all, but like, you know, scholar. Like she just had like that pretentiousness and sassy waitresses. So it was made it authentic, relatable. And I think it holds on too for a couple of things, you know, all the baby boomers, you know, they watched it because, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they were younger people too. And then Gen X kids, kind of oh, the older ones probably watch a little bit more than the younger ones. So I think there's a definitely a grade of people that are very common in our place in America that grew up watching it. A lot of the younger people don't really know it, but also helps that we have a trolley stop right out front. And it's every 20 minutes to 40 minutes, we have 40 new customers that get dropped off right for us. So I really think that has a lot to do with it too. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's an iconic landmark in the city. So people know to go there. Uh, but I think this is a show just it just related with so many people versus a l- large demographic that it just really I really held it on a lot. No, I, I'd agree. It was very um, it was very mass appeal. I think it's a similar reason why in the UK it did well, um, because we've watched American sitcoms, uh, you know, in, in the UK. But back in the 80s and 90s, due to technological reasons, it, they weren't as uh, quickly or easily imported into the UK, right. whereas Cheers became very popular in the yuppie crowd in the UK as well. And I think it was, as you say, talking about that that mass appeal and truth that people do go to bars and people meet each other at bars. Right. And they weren't afraid to kind of address that, in inverted quotes, taboo. <laughs> Recently, Cheers Boston shared a frozen Irish coffee, which in this weather sounds delightful as uh, how special. Are, what are other house specials that Cheers Boston has done and which ones are your favorite? I mean, over 17 years, we, yeah. there's been a, 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 quite a few. And we kind of keep them seasonal. Uh, so it depends on what time of year it is. Like towards the winter time, a few years ago, we like screw, have you heard of screwball whiskey, peanut butter flavor whiskey? So one day I was like, well, how about we just mix it, mix it with a uh, you know, good white chocolate? And it's like a minute officially be a Manhattan because of whiskey, but it's like great Christmas time drink. One day I was like, let's crush up some uh, greasy cup and rim the glass. And it's like, and that did very well. Um, you know, when I come to like make drinks, I try to make, I like, I like to think, keep it simple. Like if we're busy, you know, like I don't want to be too complicated, but uh, we actually have the screaming Viking is one of our main drinks. It's been there since the day I started. Um, no pickle bruise or pickle bruise pickle in there, but uh, we do have screaming Viking on our, on our menu. It's a, one of our best sellers. I probably make 20 to 30 a day. 
Nice. I'm gonna have one of them when I go. That <laughs> that sounds uh, that sounds good. That because I like cocktails myself. I'm a, I'm a bit of a cocktail man, so I'll uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely go through the menu and uh, find which ones sound the most appealing. You know, then I might come back again at a different time of year and see a different <laughs> different exactly. cocktail menu. That's it. Are there any questions you have? What sparked your interest, other than you know watching the show? But what made you really draw to Cheers as a television show and? made you want to make a podcast about it there's a there's a couple of reasons actually one of them was the kind of appeal so the people that i discussed cheers with we were looking to do a podcast on a sitcom we'd seen the success of podcasts on the simpsons and futurama and right. things like that and we we're like okay uh you know we can do something we're, we're quite sitcom savvy and the reasons we chose cheers in particular was one uh, it appealed to us, and we thought it was quite mass appeal, given it was set in a bar, and easy enough we could uh, kind of work and lean into that as a theme. You know, we could we could be like, you know, we, we're toasting today with this drink or whatever. And it was also that there weren't many other Cheers sitcoms. I think when we started, there was maybe one other, and we've had them on the show, and we've been on their show, uh, okay. and you know, nice guys, and know what they're talking about, but they're American. And watch Cheers when it aired, and we're British, and uh, okay. we're born after it finished. So we there's very different takes. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, very different takes culturally. Um, okay, so we're able to go. We're not we're not treading on yeah. anyone's toes. We're able to do our own thing, and yeah, the, as the rest is history, and we're doing it for coming up to three and a half years now, which is good. Yeah, uh, an episode a week. <laughs> it's okay been good fun we've enjoyed it good. one question we always ask is um we usually we'd say if you're at cheers now what would you choose but you work there you, you know <laughs> we'll say we'll just narrow it to what uh, would be your drink of choice for the end of this podcast we always have a special at any at all of our podcast episodes generally cheers i would say if i was uh, just going in like it would probably be a beer just because that's what they drink and one of the good things we do is we focus mostly on local drafts so like other than two of like the bigger name or three of the bigger name, so they're all our draft lines are all in Boston or just outside of Boston. So plenty to choose from there. Uh, right now, Sam Summerell is like this year's batch is great. But if I was going to be drinking a nice cocktail, probably in Manhattan or a martini. Speaking of what local uh, breweries are there in Boston, uh, and you you correct me if I'm mistaken, is Sam Adams local to Boston? Sam Adams is local. They're um. They started in 1986, and the uh, original brewery was in Jamaica Plain, which is one of our neighborhoods, about three and a half miles southwest of our bar. But now that they're much larger, they have a brew pub right in Fangle Hall, which is less than a mile from us. Uh, but, you know, St. Adams is right there. They're like one of the first people or groups or breweries to really like make microbrews known worldwide. They're the ones kind of got the ball rolling there. Uh, Harpoon, which is in the waterfront. Great place to check out. They have um, a beer hall, like a it's almost like a German style beer hall. They don't really have any food there other than pretzels, and the pretzels are amazing. Uh, they have dessert pretzels, they have regular pretzels, they have dipping sauces. Uh, that's a lot of fun to go to too. It's right on the waterfront. There's so much to the waterfront: restaurants, uh, other bars, and just stuff to see. Night shift is there. Castle Island. The brewery itself is in Dedham. It's actually named after a, a Revolutionary Fort that's in South Boston. They did open a brew pub in South of Boston as well. So those are those are three of the best ones to go to. 
Wow. I'll note those down <laughs> before, before, no, I, <laughs> before I go. And I'll just be like, we're going to these. <laughs> the person I'm going with, you don't have a choice. We're, we're just we're just going on a brewery tour. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, I'm, I'm looking forward to visiting as many of those as possible. Stopping off on Cheers. And hopefully uh, you'll be working on the day I'm going in. It'll be nice to see you in person. I'll try to make sure I'm on the bar one of those days. I'll make sure I'm there somewhere at some point. Be good. But until then, we'll raise a beer, as is the Cheers way, the norm, the norm classic. And uh, I want to thank you, Jeff, for being on this podcast. Episode. It was great. Thank you for having me. It's been good fun. And yeah. uh, I'll see, if not you, then your co-workers in, at Cheers Boston uh, yep. in the next couple of weeks. All right. Looking forward to it. Cheers, Jeff.